Are you an author, poet, comic book creator, or an artist? Do you have a novelette, novella, novel, poetry book, comic book, graphic novel, or art books that you thought about publishing, but you don't have the cash to self-publish? Well, this is your lucky day. Announcing Dark Myth Publications' second annual Open Contract Challenge. Currently, we are accepting submissions for round one, the pitch. No matter what type of book you have, send the judges your pitch by 11.59 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, April 30th. So what do you get if you win? I'm glad you asked. Third place winner will receive a $50 Visa gift card. Second place winner or the runner-up will receive an e-book contract for publication through one of Dark Myth's brands, plus a $100 Visa gift card. Grand prize winner will receive a contract for an e-book and a print publication through the Dark Myth Publication Division, a full distribution market circulation for a year. Also, you'll receive a $200 Visa gift card. Cool, right? But we're not done yet. As the winner, you will also receive a round-trip airfare and hotel accommodations to California to be part of the second annual Jayzoman Pop Culture Expo for the signing of the book in 2021. And now that I have your attention, go to www.opencontractchallenge.com and enter to win. Now enjoy this free Jason Modcast show. Hey there, this is Ralph Garman, and you are listening to the World of Myth Bits. You made an excellent choice. The World of Myth Bits. Okay, yeah. humor. Humor. Now, I know the fifth horseman is short. Um, it was a little longer than a flash fiction. And it very te- technically, it could have fit very well into fantasy. But I laughed from the very beginning of this story to the very, very end of this story when she's sitting there kicking her little feet. I laughed all the way through the fifth horseman. Because when you hear the when you hear the horseman, you always think of the four horsemen of the apocalypse. Right. There's war, there's pestilence, there's death. And I always miss one. Famine. Famine. Thank you. Then- but to introduce a fifth and that makes sense because when you when you talk elements, you've got earth, air, fire, water, and spirit. So there's five. So it would make sense that the four horsemen there would be five. And to have her be mischief as the as the fifth horseman, because mischief, I would sometimes think would be worse would be more frustrating, would be more aggravating, would cause more problems. You would wish you were dead. Especially if it's a spiteful little girl like the fifth horseman is in this story. And it, it just, it, it made me laugh. Made me laugh. And I mean, when she turns death, like death is the ultimate of the horseman. 
Right. You know, you, you see all of the, these images and you watch these movies and these TV shows where they depict the four horsemen. Death is always this intimidating. He is like the big, you know, head horseman of these four horsemen. Right. And she turns his cloak. What color? Oh, what did, did she do to Pete. him? Pete. It was Pete. Yes, it was, it was a neon pink, bright pink. Image of this you know, skeletal dude trying to look intimidating in this frilly pink cloak. <laughs> I just I loved it. I did. It was hilarious. Yeah, I, I loved the way it, it was written. I I honestly now for me when I before I even read it as the fifth horseman, I was thinking hell because you know they they say that uh, in biblical terms that hell ride behind death and. You know, it was always debated whether or not he was the fifth horseman. So that's what when I first seen the title, and then going into it and, and finding out that it was just a little girl in a recliner mischief. I, it, yeah, I was dying. You had me going. And and how many times has the apocalypse been stopped because she got up to mischief? I mean, they say it at the end. We can't start the apocalypse like this. Yeah, I mean, we'll one of them's wearing a tutu. <laughs> you know, pestilence is wearing bunny slippers. Famine's got a kick me sign on the back of them. Oh, no, pestilence. Pestil- Famine is wearing, yeah, pest- pestilence is wearing the bunny slippers. Famine's got a big kick me sign on the back of them. They're right. They can't start the apocalypse like that. Nobody, nobody believe them. So it makes you, it, it, I loved it. I really did. It was one of my favorites. That is why it was featured article, because it made me, I mean, I laughed out loud. Literally laughed out loud, because I could see this little, almost Lily Tomlin uh-huh. kind of girl sitting kicking in a great big rocking chair, kicking her little feet, going, <laughs> <laughs> I, just, I could, I could see it in my head, little yeah. pigtails. It was awesome. I loved it. So, yeah. The Fifth Horseman by James Rumpel. If you want to laugh, that will do it for you. And that wraps up our humor. And that wraps up all our stories. Well done, everybody. Like I said, just the, the whole... The, the sheer quality, the talent that is brought in from each and every one of our contributors... It just it does it, it just astonishes me that you know we we are able to to get a hold of that type of quality that talent and and you know have it available to the masses because again you know these are are things that you know people this is pay worthy quality is what I'm trying to say and we we offer it for free so thank you for your, your generous contributions to the magazine because it yes. is sincerely great, gratefully. And we don't, we, we don't pay our contributors. No. They contribute these of their own free will without compensation. So we are greatly appreciative of the quality that they send us. And now we head over to poetry. Which we don't actually, yes we do, never mind. I take that back. <laughs> We have a few, yeah. No, I was going to say we didn't have one from Kevin Magnus, but we do. Yeah, we do. I know. 
I said that. Okay, so first up is Genocide by Chris Bice. Christopher Bice. Now, this is a little darker than what we've been seeing from Christopher. Um, it really struck a chord with me and made me sad reading it. It was it was well written and the images that it it brought up were heart wrenching. It was almost for me and my interpretation was like almost almost like a plead with like the other side or, or a higher power, you know, as far as like um you know what what humanity we've done to ourselves and and yeah we're sorry yeah we get it we're sorry so that is genocide by christopher bice and now we go to one of the last mating pairs by john gray And John's writing is very um, image-driven. I, I, he creates a lot of images in his, his poetry. And this one is no different. Um, it's, again, it's, it's a heart-wrenching poet, poem. Because you have these, the last of the two mating pairs, and it's up to them to perpetuate their species and the survival of their species. And yet, they're bored. They've got nothing to keep them interested. They've got no connection between them. So, it was, it was very sad. You, you, you're watching the dying out of a species as you're reading this poem. Yeah, that's what I was I was thinking was like this is it. This is the this is how mankind ends. You know. It, 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 yeah. Yeah. They merely cease to exist. Yeah. Very yeah. deep. So very that's... well well put together. And and like you said earlier, I, I I did catch that and I apologize for having to step out for a moment. Um he is very image based. You see a lot of mental imagery, you know, placing together to form a, an actual cognitive, coherent story. Because there is some mm-hmm. poetry, you know, some poems that are free verse, and you know, they they just, you know, they there's there's one particular type of, of free verse I think of, you know, that just are words to kind of rhyme, and then you have poems like. John's that actually tell a full-on story. So, well done, John. Yeah. Yeah. One of the last mating pairs by John Gray. And then we have another poem by Yun Ching Ming. I hope I pronounced that correctly. And this is a little bit of a, a different style of poem. I liked it. I really did. And, yeah, I did, too. It's Directory of Destin's A Parallel Poem. And it goes into, you get each element. You've got metal, water, wood, fire, and earth. 
It was almost more like a zodiac than. Yes. And each one is described with a poem. Yes. For each individual element. So it was very cool. And I mean, you can choose which element you are by reading, you know, born in a year ending in zero or one. I'm water. I was born in a year ending in two. And it tells you what your strengths are and, you know, what you're hindered by. It was very good. I enjoyed it. Yes, absolutely. And and like you said, it, it's it's uh, a zodiac uh, kind of a like you. Well, you said it best. It's a zodiac with poetic descriptions. There we go. I was yes. able to pull it out. Yay! I, I made a coherent for thought. you. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, our next poem is Sunrise by Holly Day. And, again, full of imagery. She writes, she's very image-driven when she writes. She creates a scene through words in your head. So you can see, like, the city hall and the courthouse. And you can see that sun and follow it through. It, it It's very, well, for me... It was very relaxing. The, the, the pacing, the words, and the pictures painted. You're just kind of sitting there, and you're chilling, and you look in your surroundings as the sun is going down. And it's very peaceful and serene. And, and I, I just, again, I very, and mind you, at 3 o'clock in the morning, I'm like, oh, you know, I'm ready to go to bed. That, that chilled me out a little too much. <laughs> that was six o'clock in the morning for me. Again, thank you for that ding because I had fallen asleep with my phone in my left hand, my light still on, my laptop still playing, out like a light, flat on my back. And then when you texted to say, I'm done reading everything, I'm going to bed now, it woke me up and I'm like, oh crap, I gotta turn everything off. <laughs> Put my phone on silent. No problem. My phone uh, yeah. was at like one percent. My phone was at one percent. So that was Sunrise by Holly Day. Oh, we can skip the next one. No. <laughs> I guess we had to do your travel, so we have to do my poem. Yep. All right. So the next poem up is "I Am Death" by me. So. Now, is this, was this a new one, or was this something old that you, you nope. pulled up? Brand new? This was brand spanking new. Which, I wasn't exactly sure if I could still write poetry. I haven't written poetry in a few years. So, this is what came out of a two to three year drought of poetry. Now... Is this tied to the coronavirus? Is this part of the COVID-19? Because that's kind of like what I got when I first read it, was that type of feel of, of this is the effects that mankind is suffering right now from the virus. Um, yes and no. It's not about the virus itself. 
it's about the helplessness. It's about the devastation that is left behind once the virus comes through. It's the after effects. The virus swoops into town, infects a bunch of people, and moves on to the next town. I'm done. I'm death. Moves on. It's what everybody is feeling. The isolation and um, being cut off from what we took for granted, our everyday lives, going to a store and, you know, standing in an aisle talking to your friend or going downtown and having coffee. It's that, that helplessness. I think you, 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 you nailed it. I mean, this is a very powerful story, or story, a poem, and you can feel that. You can feel the heaviness, the burden of, of what this pandemic has put on all of humanity. And I, I think that you, you transcribed that perfectly into this poem. So well done. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Like the imagery I was using with, um, like the twisted, the vitality that once flowed through the twisted roots beneath my feet. You go and stand on any street, any street, go stand in a street in Los Angeles where it used to be wall to wall traffic and like humming with life and it's nothing. Yeah. Dead. Well, I mean, well, even here in, in Apple Valley and, and you know this because you've been here personally, um, you know, it's it it's busy. It's a it's a busy. You know, we we have, you know, through the high desert, we have what a, what I say a million people, and you're used to this, you know, popping yeah. and going. And today, in fact, I went and got some water, and some little you know essential things for the family, and it was just dead. No pun intended. It was mm-hmm. just it was it was just like ghost town. Yeah, it was almost like. Um, I'm a I'm a big Richard Matheson uh, fan, but uh, it's more the movie than the the book. Is me walking, pulling into a, a vacant parking lot and walking into the grocery store. It, it has that I am legend type feel to it. You know, it's just like you're yeah. alone. Everything's gone. Yeah. All you needed was the dog. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, that was a good well movie. Done. That was a good movie. Thank you. Thank you. All right, that is I Am Death by me, Stephanie Barty. And now we move on to A Parent's Job by Kevin Magnus. Good old Kev. I I don't know if people know this or not, but Kevin and I, we've known each other for years. Years and years. Almost since birth. Pretty damn close. Um, um, I do have to. I do have to say, for Kevin, this was a lot less emo than he usually puts out. This was more emotional. I mean, normally he's very dark. He's very emo. He's very self-depreciating. Very, my life sucks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and this this poem I found to be. Very emotional, very real, very personal. Um, Something that every parent who's ever parented a child in a difficult situation 
whether it's been a difficult situation in the child's life or a difficult situation in the parent's life or a difficult situation all the way around, has had to face, where you, you have to portray that everything is okay, everything is fine, I've got this. Meanwhile, you are falling apart and screaming inside. And it, it, as a parent, I've been there, so I, I connected with this poem, and, and it was so totally different from what Kevin usually puts out there. It was, it was a glimpse into his human side, if that makes any sense. Yeah, oh, absolutely, absolutely. It's, um, it's one of those rare, Let's see, I'm trying to think of how to say this without, you know, uh, insulting Kevin. Um, we you just read an emo poem about it if you insult him. Yeah. <laughs> Kevin has a tendency through his, his poetry, it's his only outlet. And, and I know this firsthand because, like I said, I, I know Kevin very well, is he, he expresses himself through his poetry. Uh, as a human being outside of the world of myth, he puts everybody before him. Everybody. Everything is always before him. So the outlet of poetry is the only time that he puts himself first in anything in the world. And this is one of those rare moments with the opportunity of, of Poor me, you know, putting myself first, where his kids shine forefront of any other thought, and and that's he put them first. Yeah. Even even with his his avenue of letting himself be first, and the only opportunity to put himself first, his kids are so important that that actually pushed beyond his own poor me. And that's, you know, if that makes any sense. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. It makes complete sense. It, it was, like I said, it was a glimpse into his humanity. Yeah. We're going to, we're going to talk. Uh, he's been around since issue one and, and he's, he's got a, a decent following. And I know he's got a, a quite a bit of poetry, so boy needs a book. Yes, that's what we're going to talk about. <laughs> boy needs a book. Okay, job, that Kev. is a parent's job by Kevin Magnus. Now we move on to the art gallery. And our first one up is Dementia by Connie Minutola. Solo. That, I have to say, I love I love her work. I am a fan. I reached out to her not too long ago, and uh, it, it took a little bit for her to get back to me. But um, this is what she she you know uh, submitted, and with the mask and the nursing, I, I think it's her. Now I could completely be way off on this. But just looking at it is a, uh, you know, again, the whole pandemic that's going on with uh, COVID-19 
and the tired nurses and the mask and and that's what I got out of it. The dead eyes. Yes. The tired dead eyes and the whole spiral of confusion in the background because yeah. that's used in fun houses to create um, disorientation. Yeah. Disorientation and that is pretty much what they're feeling in. Um, the COVID wards in the hospitals disoriented and tired and just zombies yes um, you know it, it's 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 a gripping piece it really is especially for you know it's just it's chaotic out there in the real world and we don't know and you know, as human beings, we all fear what we don't know or understand. And since we don't know or understand crap, we're all pretty much scared. Pretty much. And uh, I, I feel that that's the interpretation that we're looking at here. So, well done, Connie. Yes, that's Dementia by Connie Minutolo. And then we have Girl Interrupted by my girl, Katie Barty. She reminds. I do have to, go ahead. No, go ahead. She's she's getting she she's getting very good at drawing anime style art. Like this, I, this whole piece with the dreamy look in her eyes, and and that's kind of um, reminiscent of what she used to be before she was interrupted. Interesting. Okay. See, I took it as she was daydreaming into the future or something. But, or, you know. Okay. Could, could be. But I love the style of it. I mean, I'm, I'm proud of my girl. <laughs> I'll say it. I'm proud of my girl. She's uh, she's got a talent. She does, absolutely does. Very well That's done. Girl interrupted by Katie Barty. I actually named that one. Did you? <laughs> I did. And then we have Jocelyn by Ed Bickford. Now, there was actually this picture here um, sparked a lot of conversation on the World of Myth post for the magazine when the picture came out. Really? Yeah, there was a lot of um, discussion about the mechanics of the picture, like what the hoses on the side of her head and how would she turn her head and what were the lights for. And, and it, was, it was really neat to see this conversation playing out on a, a piece of artwork from our magazine. And this actually uh, happens to be our cover. Yes. Um, I feel that this is possibly one of, or if not the best work that I've seen from Ed. Um, just yeah. the shading, the contours, the, the line weight, everything just dead on. And, and for some reason, the eyes just pop through the glass and the lips are just very vibrant. And it, it feels... I don't know. It, it, he's on his game here, and mm -hmm. he's just growing as an artist. 
And every time I see him either, you know, post something new on social media or, you know, giving us something for the world to miss, he just, he's just growing leaps and bounds. And I, I think that this is the best rendition that he's offered mm-hmm. up thus far. Yeah. Yeah. I really like it. I can't give the art critic like you do. <laughs> it's very pretty. I, I like it. I do. She looks real. Yes. It looks realistic. The emotion in the eyes, I think, is what really pulls it. Um, yeah. Because, number one, it, it's she's got yellow eyes. That That's one thing that he uses is, is it's making you instinctively pop to the eyes because the eyes, you know, there's no human with yellow eyes. So that's what... Yeah. You gravitate towards some, the abnormality, and then there, from the abnormality, you 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 kind of circle what he's intending, and so the face yeah. is is the main point of view. That's so what that's, that's what pulls you in. The first thing you see is her face. Yes. So. Yeah. Keep it up, Ed. Uh, just absolutely, I, like I said, honestly, and I, I'm not being funny about it. I'm not trying to be, you know, anything but serious and honest. I, I honestly believe that this is perhaps his best work yet. Yep. Yep. That's Jocelyn by Ed Bickford. Thank you, Ed. And then we have Mecca by Vincent May. Vince is one of those type of cats that he's just cool. I mean, he is, he's seriously talented. He's seriously educated. And, you know, with the talent and and education that you have, or he has rather, um, he's just so just down to earth. And he, he loves to talk comics. He loves to talk artwork. Uh, we we visit the same comic book shop here in the high desert before you know everything went to crap, and um, he's just a really cool guy. It's uh, he was actually at PCE. He had a table at PCE. I don't know if you knew that. Or yeah. And yeah, uh, I think he, he told me after because I didn't have much time to visit many of the tables. I tried. I, I think he was one of the ones that did well. Um, uh, we 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 tried to have a lot of artists in the community because I wanted it to be for the people, um, and he was one of the ones that came out and he did very well, from what I understand. And and uh, mm-hmm. you know we that kind of built a, a, a friendship between him and I, and, and that's you know I told him about the magazine and he's like, oh okay and. and He's we've very, had stuff consistently from him. Yeah, and he's very humble. And, um, yeah, I just I don't have enough good things to say about him. He's, he's a really cool guy. He's a great artist. Uh, what, what really touched me about this particular picture is her fragility. I mean, you can see she's she's mechanical. Yes. But she's fragile. She's vulnerable. She has emotion. Like there is emotion portrayed there. There's almost a sense of innocence. Yeah, yeah. Naivete. 
done. And it's done. just simple black and white, gray shading. I I really like it. That's Mecca by Vincent May. Or Vam. Vam, yeah. Yeah. I don't know why they call him Vam. He was introduced to me as Vam. I'm like, okay. And then you have my attempt. <laughs> and they say that the, the eyes are the windows to the soul. And that's what I was trying to capture with this one is, you know, the dead tree and, and the blackbirds and it's a very dark soul. I got someone that, how do I say this? Well, you, you pretty much, you're the artist, so you just described this. I'm like, no, no, I'll say it because that's the neat thing about art is each person experiences it and interprets it their own way. Well, okay, for example, now... Art is supposed to be subjective. As the eyes of the soul, now we see the tree rooted. So when I see a tree, I slot roots rooted in reality, you know, of, of what this person, the, the person of the eye, not the artist, that, you know, and you're experiencing... So, of course, you see the blackbirds and you think Poe, Edgar Allan Poe, and you think there's a, a sense of macabre there and then you know at first I, I was thinking they were falling leaves but then I, I kind of inspected a little bit more and I seen that they were more heart shaped so is that the, the, the fact of of uh, you know losing interest or losing a loved one or lost a loved one or just losing hope you know there's, again there's, there's a lot of interpretations and then you see the line under the eye, the, you know, the bridge or the, or the cheek. And you notice that there's, you know, a dark shadowing under there, which tells me that they are not sleeping or they're insomniacs. They're, they're not happy. And then you turn the camera because it's a reflection. They're... And then that tells me that is the person's interpretation that she's seen. I say she because I know you're the artist of the world. Very cool. That's school. That's school money right there at work. <laughs> <laughs> That's very cool. That's very cool. I like that. I'll go with that. You did a very good job. I know that, you know, Thanks. What, I didn't know draw. <laughs> what people don't know is, is that, you know, at, at one point we were kind of short on the art and she submitted it. And then once we filled up, she wanted to pull it. And I was like, nope, it's going live. Yeah. Kind of like what happened with my minion. Yeah. <laughs> Just because the, the rendition of art isn't, under the, the, the statutes of said pretty doesn't quali dequalify it anymore as art. Look at Picasso. Picasso, visually, if you didn't know it was Picasso, that's some ugly crap. I don't care what you say. 
It's ugly. It's it's disproportioned mm-hmm. and it's ugly. But because it's Picasso, Monet. Yes. So just Monet. because it, it's just not placed under pretty does not make it any less art. Because everything is this is again me pulling out my my art teachings. Um every, there's this picture. If you produce a picture there's a story to tell. Why is that story so important to be told through the artist? And the, the story is more important than the overlay of art. So, there you go. That's Art cool. 103. I have a... <laughs> art 103. 103. Woohoo! Art, art 103. Understanding... I... What is it? Understanding the... Understanding the artist's intent. That is an actual class. I made it past 101. Yay! (laughs) (laughs) I might try my hand at more. I have an affinity for barren trees like that. I I like to... Well, you've seen the one on my wall. The big one on my wall. Yes. (laughs) My family tree. So, So that is Windows... Window of My Soul by me, Stephanie Berti. Good job, Steph. Okay. Reviews. We will go through these quickly. Oh, come on. <laughs> we might actually have to cut this into part one. Two parts? Tomorrow. Yeah, part one tomorrow, and then the next day, what is that, Wednesday or something, make part it part two. two. Yeah, because we are already at the 313 mark. <laughs> and I still got to edit fingers, this bad boy. Fingers crossed that... Oh, I'll be able to download it. Oh. Now, okay. while you get situated, I'll go ahead and set it up. Uh, we're going into movie reviews, and Movie Gore Grimm is another good close friend of mine. Um, him and Reaper Rick were brought in in the early stages of the world of myth. And I've actually known Grimm since he was in his 20s, when he had just a, an affinity for anything superhero and sci-fi, and now he's just this 40-something, and he's pissed off, and he hates the world, he hates cinema, but he likes the review, and... Is he related to Kevin? (laughs) You know, I can't say. And, uh... He... He he has... In the beginning... It was, uh, and again, because I've known him for so long, um, he's, he, when he first started reviewing movies, it was just what he saw, what the story was. But after years of actually taking review classes and learning to be an actual critic, um, it, it actually kind of dampened his taste on movies. So he, he's very critical, and that's why he stopped for so long. And when we lost Jason and we, we needed a, a, a reviewer, I, I reached out to him and he was all pissy about it. But, you know, we got him. So, with all that said, I will let you take the first review since you know him so well. Let's see, what did he review this month? Oh, yeah. Um, the first one I think he did was Fantasy Island, now, which I want to see. Fantasy Island, 
is a... He was not a fan. A Bloomhouse reproduction. And, you know, I, I, I'm right there with him. I do remember the 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 show from the the 80s. I don't remember it from the 70s because I was young in the 70s, but uh, I remember, I remember it. I remember the plane, the plane. Yeah. And it was always a lovely show. Like, everybody left. They were happy and, you know, had learned a good life lesson. And So, yeah, he he goes in. He talks about it. He talks a lot about it. And. Yeah, he's not a fan. Then he jumps into the remake of The Invisible Man. So, yeah, go ahead and check that out. Which, which he was a fan, so. Which is interesting because of this whole thing, you know, they're, they're posting movies straight to uh, streaming now for like 20 bucks a pop to rent it. Um, well, here in the States you can. And you can actually watch... Oh, yeah, you can do the same here. You can go to Cineplex and, and rent whatever movies are playing in the theater. You can rent them and watch they, them at home because, you know, you can't, you can't go to the theater to watch them. Yeah, they're only closed. Um, and then we get to your favorite part of the show here, book review. Book review! Okay. So... Michael Arnold has um, sent us another wonderful book review. And I do have to say, he does tend to do things that are right up my alley. Um, He is our resident book reviewer and art reviewer. And this month, he has done a review of Sir Gawain and the Green Knight, translated by Simon Armitage. Now, if you follow... King Arthur and you follow any of Camelot tales, you know who who Sir Gawain and the Green Knight is. Now, he starts out saying that the 2007 translation of Sir Gawain and the Green Knight is Armitage's best work. And he, he goes on to say that translation feels kind of odd because it was written in Middle English, which is, you know, English. But, you know, that had to be translated. So, this, he goes into a lot of um, the story itself and what Sir Gawain and the Green Knight, what their, um, what that storyline was about and um, he does an incredible breakdown of the book itself and he actually does have a bit of the old English the middle English there and how things were spelt back then which would be probably hard for people to read Um, and it says this king lay at Camelot upon Christmas with, with money <laughs> see I'm having a hard time reading it and I can usually read this 
Life and Lord leads of the best. Reckon Lee at the round table, Aldo Rich Brother. Now, it, it's Middle English is actually the midpoint between Old English and Anglo-Saxon, which is you find in like Beowulf and um, early modern English seen like in Shakespeare. And he does a very wonderful job of explaining the different levels of English. English is one of the hardest languages in the world to learn. Um, I really enjoyed reading his review of this book and I want to go read it now. I've always loved Sir Gawain. He was always one of my favorites in any of the storylines that he's been in and the Green Knight and the Green Knight has elements of both supernatural and natural all in one and the story of Sir Gawain and the Green Knight is a tumultuous one and a tension filled one but a beautiful one in that as well. So that is review of Sir Gawain and the Green Knight translated by Simon Armitage by Michael A. Arnold. And he didn't actually give it any stars. I didn't give it a star rating. So, but judging from what he has said in the review and he says in the very last line, and for that, this book really deserves to be read because it goes into the journey and the trials with Gawain. So I highly suggest that you go and check that out. So now we are going into video game review by our one and only Kevin Magnus. And I haven't played Minecraft, so I'm probably not the best person to give this review. So I'm going to <laughs> hand this back to Dave. <laughs> so Minecraft, believe it or not, this is a guilty pleasure of mine. And so... And Kevin's apparently. Um, my daughter, Zoe turned me on to this when she was very young and unlike Kevin who I guess has been doing that you know has been building the world for years and years um, mine keeps getting deleted by my little kids um, so what we're gonna do let's see let's take a peek in and see what he has to say uh, minecraft PE for the iPad which is actually I I have I have it on, actually, I have it on all. I have a PS4, I have an Xbox, I have the iPhone, the iPad, I have a, a, a tablet with Android. So I have it all. But this one he is reviewing for the iPad. And I pretty much agree with what he says as far as, like, you know, the the initial um, gameplay. It's, it's fairly more... It's, to me, it's more gratifying because you touch the screen and you, you have, you know, like almost a physical control over the game uh, versus holding a, a controller, you know, whether it be through the computer or 
through one of the you know the the gaming platforms Xbox PS4. Um, uh, I don't have any of those. He gives it a high rating. I I, I agree with that. I, I like I said I, I when when I was out of writing and being creative and and mainly focused on my health. Um, that was my avenue of, of relaxation is I would put on, you know, like a, a Netflix documentary and, and start playing uh, Minecraft just to kind of chill out. That was my zoning. And uh, so, yeah. You I, still I, do that. I try to, yes, I, I do. I still try to do that. Um, except, you know, I have kids that like Minecraft as much as I do, so... Good job, Kev. I I, I, give, I agree. I, I agree completely with this one. What's that? Four and a half stars? Yeah, it's... it's uh, let's see. Uh, four and a half keeps a perfect score. Inability to play different devices. Yeah, yeah, that would be fun. I agree with that, too. Um, you know, yeah, if you I, could... The, Go ahead. Play... That is one thing that, that... I mean, part of the reason why I haven't downloaded it is because I don't have an iPad. I have a Samsung tablet, and the only reason why I would download it would be to play with Zoe, and you can't play together on an Android and an iPad. Yeah, and or not could, compatible. You can't play like iPad to the PS4 or PS4 yeah. to the Xbox. None of that's compatible. So yeah, uh, I mean, it's got to be device yeah. to device, like iPad to iPad. Yeah. Or iPad to iPhone. Yeah, that works too. Because yeah. like my girls will take my iPad and my iPhone and they'll they'll play. Yeah. Yeah, so it keeps trying to get me to download it to my iPhone, but my screen is way too small. Yeah, I yeah. I had it on my iPhone long time ago. Well actually it's still there. That's actually Lily's version of <laughs> of Minecraft on my iPhone. So that is Minecraft on the iPad, video game review by Kevin Magnus. And now we are going into art review. And again, Michael A. Arnold, a resident book reviewer and art reviewer, has sent in a review of Lord Frederick Leighton's Electra at Agamemnon's Tomb. And... The story of Agamemnon, I, I, you have to read it. You have to go and Google it because it is an incredible story. And the picture, to understand the emotion in the portrait, you need to understand the story behind Agamemnon, in, in my opinion. So he does this. Really good review of um, the painting, the portrait. And he talks a lot about, um, like he goes into the history of the the painting and he goes into um, the painter himself and he goes into a lot of the Greek mythology and... Um, things like that in his review. 
So he talks about again. He takes he he takes the portrait piece by piece as well. Like he talks about the plants in the background behind Electra, and why they're painted certain colors. Um, he really breaks down the picture piece by piece and gives you a very educated um, depiction of what you're seeing. So go and check out his review. That is review of Lord Frederick Layton's Electra at Agamemnon's tomb. And that is the art review by Michael A. Arnold. And that, oh, and then we have commentary from the founder, um, David K. Montoya. And I suggest you go and read it. There's a lot of things going on, a lot of things that are happening. He's touched on most of them um, at the beginning of the interview. Or, not interview, this isn't an interview. Good heavens. This is, <laughs> this is magazine review. We've been at this for three and a half hours now. So um, I'm getting a little slap happy. So I would suggest you go over and you read the commentary. Um, there's a lot going on coming up. And uh, yeah. And then we have interviews. Our resident psychopath, Mythmaster, has dragged somebody else down into his lair. And that is Vincent May this month. And he gives us a brief bio and all of that on the review page. And there is a YouTube trailer here for Event Horizon. And there's a reason why it's there. You have to... um, read the blurb, and listen to the podcast to find out. And you have to listen to the podcast to see if he escapes the um, dungeon of Mr. Mythmaster himself. Because not too many people escape. There's been a few. Two. Two, I think. Two. Yeah, two. Um, so, yeah. Go over and have a listen to um, the interview with Vincent May done by our resident psychopath, the Mythmaster. And if you click on podcast at the top along the menu bar, it'll take you to his page and you can listen to the podcast right from there. And you can catch all of his past podcasts. Um that he's done. He's had David K. Montoya, Molly E. Hamilton, Matt Wall, Melissa Ridley Elms, Michael A. Arnold, Christopher Bice, Gabriella Balcom, me, Jeff R. Young, Michelle E. Lowe, Sam M. Phillips, Ed Bickford, Zoe M. Montoya, and Vince, now Vincent May. So go and check that out. You can listen to Vincent's um, interview with the Mythmaster and check out all the other ones that he's got on there. And there is a comment section. If you want to comment, give him some ideas and, you know, maybe some new torture tips because the dude's got to move on from the chainsaw. Just saying. So go and check all that out. And deadline for our April issue is April 15th. And we are accepting, right now we are accepting all genres, which 
are, oh, hang on, Drabble and Flash Fiction. Drabbles are 100 words. Flash Fiction is anything under 500, I do believe. Um, so we have Drabble, Micro, and Flash Fiction. We have Fantasy, Horror, Action Suspense, Science Fiction, and Humor. And then, of course, you know, Poetry and our Art Gallery. So send everything to me. And if you give me a second, I will give you uh, Stephanie Barty at theworldofmyth.com. That's S-T-E-P-H-A-N-I-E-B-A-R-D-Y at theworldofmyth.com. And we'll see if it gets into April's issue. And if you want to check us out on Facebook, like Dave said earlier, he will be releasing a part of his story, The End, daily for the next 34 days. And that is a Facebook and Twitter exclusive only. It will not be in the magazine. So watch for those posts on our Facebook page. Um, that's the World of Myth magazine. And if you want to keep up on podcast news, we are the World of Myth Bits podcast over on Facebook, and you can find me, um, author Stephanie Barty, over on Facebook. Shoot me a line, say, hey, how you doing? You can find us on Twitter at the World of Myth Bits podcast or the World of Myth magazine or me, Lupa B. I am also on Instagram at Stephanie Barty author, and you can find me on TikTok at Lupa B. And that is it for this month's magazine review i would like to thank our guest david k montoya <laughs> for being here and helping me get through this um and i hope you guys are all hanging in there and staying sane and staying positive and we will get through this and remember you know you can reach out facetime facebook phone calls skype Whatever, stay in touch with people. Don't let the isolation beat you down because it can. And, I mean, for me, it did. And then I got hit with some bad news, and it just made that big dark hole seem almost too hard to climb out of. And, um, you know, I've want I got I, I've got some really good friends that helped pull me, kicking and screaming, mind you, out of of that dark hole and right now as of this moment I am in a much better headspace than I was before um so reach out don't don't let it pull you down because we're going to be this way for a while this is our new normal um we have to find ways to get through it and find ways to find joy in it and and happiness in it because we can't do what makes us happy we can't go for those walks in the woods we can't go and have coffee with a friend we can't go shopping and be around people so create a new normal and you know you can do it you can and when you can't lean on your friends and if you're doing okay, then check on your friends because maybe they're not doing so hot. So, all right. I'm getting off my soapbox. We've been at this long enough. And I will talk to you all 
next week on Sunday. And it will be just random blathering from me because it's a freestyle. <laughs> but if you have ideas, if you've got stuff you want me to talk about, if you've got subjects you want me to touch on, um, like I say, get a hold of me through the website, uh, the World of Mythbits on Facebook, um, or, you know, me, Stephanie J. Barty, look me up, shoot me a message, and, uh, yeah, maybe I'll talk about what you send me to talk about. All right, well, thank you, everybody, for all of your hard work and all of the contributions that you have given us this month. Without you guys, we wouldn't have a magazine, and... There aren't enough words to say thank you for the quality of things that you send us each and every month. And I'd like to say welcome to all of our new contributors this month. And there will be new contributors next month. I've already gotten submissions from new contributors for next month. So this is me saying bye, and this is Dave saying bye. Say bye, Dave. Bye, Dave. (laughs) I will talk to you all next month. Or next week. Oh, my gosh. Okay, I need to say goodbye now. See ya. The World of Myth Bits.